Attention, patriots. Broadcasting from the free zones, Radio Free Redoubt begins in 5, 4, 3, 2... God-fearing, liberty-loving patriots, this is episode 22-31 of Radio Free Redoubt, the Sunday night podcast. Welcome all of you, and hopefully you had a blessed, restful weekend. Uh, Let's see, we've got several things to cover tonight. Uh, Primarily, though, I am going to focus on T-Rex. T-Rex 2022 is coming up, and uh, we are two weeks out from that, so... um, a lot's been going on behind the scenes and a lot of preparation going on as usual. And uh, so we're going to be uh, getting a posting up on Amron.com and uh, that'll help some of the newer folks get up to speed really quickly. Uh, there's really not a whole lot to it for the average participant. Uh, you know, this is basically a culmination of what you've been hopefully practicing as far as communications goes. Uh, you know, throughout the year. So uh, this is just going to combine some of those things that we've covered in various different training exercises and what we do on a a fairly regular basis uh, with our regularly scheduled uh, practice nets. So I'll talk about that in segments two and three, give you an idea of what we are uh, looking at. So let's get into the news and commentary. The news and commentary brought to you by Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher at Prepping 2.0, the podcast to help take your preps to the next level. And the website is prepping2-0.com. All right, uh, Ultra Maga Patriots, a lot's been going on in the news. Wow, Europe is toast. The price of electricity in France, has reached 1,075 euros per megawatt hour. Now, as a comparison, between 2010 and 2020, for 10 years, the average price per milliwatt hour was 45 euros. euros. So, from 45 euros for a megawatt hour, now it's $1,075 per megawatt hour hour. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's like, that's like costing $40 to fill up your gas tank. And now all of a sudden it costs a thousand dollars to fill up your gas tank. That's, that's what it's doing to their, their fuel prices and going into the fall now. Uh, and I picked this up first from Amir Sarfati, but it's, it's all over the place. Uh, businessbourse.com. It's all in French. So I had it translated, but yeah, the French one year ahead electricity price exceeds a thousand euros per megawatt hour for the first time. The German equivalent also gained to a record, hitting as high as eight hundred and twenty nine dollars, or eight hundred and twenty nine euros per megawatt hour. So, and just on Friday, it was, I think it was a twenty twenty five percent increase. 
just on Friday. So uh, obviously they're they're very nervous over there. Natural Gas Intel. Listen to this, and this this is their their greeny policies coming around to bite them. But you can't argue with a communist globalist when they are so fixated on and obsessed with something like climate, fighting climate change. But then their theories hit a brick wall. Now they're all holding their noses uh, with bloody noses after uh, colliding with the, the wall of reality. Uniper SE plans to bring its Hayden 4 coal-fired plant back online in Germany next week. That puts out 875 megawatts. And it's scheduled to, expected to run through next year to help meet Germany's energy needs. And I just read, I don't have it in front of me, earlier this week I read where a, uh, a metal plant, a facility that produces, I don't know if it's aluminum or steel, are shutting down because it's costing more to produce than they can sell the metal for. But, uh, and this just, so this jumped out at me. Um, the nation is one of Europe's biggest energy consumers. German utility Steg also has plans to bring back the 726 megawatt and the wire uh, 655 megawatt coal-fired plants. So they got rid of coal. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's a brave new world now. We're going clean energy. And, well, now Russia's cutting, cutting them off. They're all natural gas, clean, let's get rid of coal. Well, they realize that's a really dumb idea. So now there's at least three coal-fired plants that they're firing back up, and they were going to shut down uh, one of the uh, another one. Now they're going to keep that open. So that's four coal-fired plants that they're going to be keeping open that they thought it would be such a, such a great idea to get rid of. Wired Magazine promotes white genocide and fantasizes about a future without white people. Now, we were all getting along pretty well, actually, uh, until the 44th president, who shall not be named, starts stirring the pot and creating racial strife and creating the us versus them with everything from class warfare to racial tension, you name it. So of all, of all outlets, Wired Magazine promoted white genocide in a recent article that fantasized about a future without white people while profiling a book titled The Last White Man. What happened to all of these uh, woke libtards? Well, it was before they went woke. It was just, let's get rid of racial discrimination. And now it's turned into let's kill all the whites <laughs> or let's just fantasize about it and talk about what a wonderful, perfect world it'll be. So I don't know what happened with their, their whole thing about uh, getting rid of racial discrimination. Well, now we have schools that are saying that they're, they're going to, when they come to layoffs, they're going to be getting, getting rid of all white staff and claiming that their classrooms are designed for, you know, uh, non-whites. But this, uh, well, you can see the chaos that's created as they, as they race toward their 
their utopian world of everything's for free and no borders and uh, get rid of whites and the, it's just, what a mess. Speaking of open borders, nationalfile.com covered this. Democrat D.C. mayor pushes for statehood status. Not going to happen. After second request for National Guard help with illegal immigrant surge is denied. So now this mayor, Bowser, is scrambling to fix the illegal immigration surge in the nation's capital. And Governor Abbott, if you've been keeping up on this, he's been busing all the illegals that the federal government's been allowing, bus putting them on buses and sending them to New York City and Washington, D.C. They're all open border, pro-immigrant. Now they're crying about, oh, we, we're overwhelmed. Where are we going to put all these people? We can't afford this. Hello? Well, now they're, they're getting a little taste of what the border states have had to deal with who've been crying out for years and those cries have been lying, uh, landing on deaf ears. So, uh, let's go to the other border across in Canada. Unknown cause is the top cause of death. Now in Canada, an unusual story surfaced in Alberta, Canada last month, which is just now starting to gain traction around the world. Canadian doctors, and a civil liberties lawyer in the Canadian province of Alberta are raising concerns about a growing trend of deaths labeled as unknown causes after an unprecedented increase in such deaths was recorded in 2021. So now that's, that's, the, uh, that's the number one cause of death is cause unknown. And that ties in with this from Steve Kirch's newsletter, who's running an article, over 30 deaths of young, healthy Canadian doctors cannot be explained any other way than they were killed by the vaccine, he writes. Stu Peters did an episode looking into the deaths of Canadian doctors after the vaccine mandates were rolled out, but here is the new info that is even more shocking. Hundreds of Canadian doctors dead. Uh, And he writes, Genesis uh, genocide confirmed after the fourth booster mandated for the medical field workers. And now they have hundreds. This is murder. It's, it's, it's murder. There's, there's too much science out there. As they're saying, let's follow the science. The science clearly shows that this stuff is dangerous. Uh, a good one here from the conservative firing line. Well, you in Texas... Texas gun control law has been ruled unconstitutional. A Texas gun control law that banned 18 to 20-year-olds from being licensed to carry handguns outside the home was ruled unconstitutional by a Texas district court judge on Thursday. The ruling is for 30 days pending the state's appeal. If they do not prevail in the appeal, the ruling will become permanent. So uh, other headlines are saying that... Uh, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds can now carry openly, open carry in Texas. That's awesome. Now, here's one that'll get you fired up. I'm going to talk about this this week on the morning commute as well from the Washington Standard. 
An Amish farm is under threat from feds for refusing to abandon traditional farming practices. Listen to this. This is just more examples of this completely being out of control. This is not even America anymore. A Pennsylvania Amish family farm in Pennsylvania is under attack by the lawless federal government, while the owner the owner claims to be preparing food the way God intended. The tyrants in the U.S. government don't see it the same way, and why would they? They have become the beast, the article writes. So his name is Amos Miller. He's a holistic Amish farmer in Pennsylvania, and they have sent armed federal agents to shut him down, and now he's facing over $300,000 in fines and potential jail time for selling to a private food club of people who knowingly, willingly want food that is produced holistically. They want raw milk. They don't want pasteurized and homogenized and everything else. They want organic food grown, uh, grass-fed beef and cheese, raw milk, organic eggs, and dairy from grass-fed water buffalo and all types of produce, all to roughly 4,000 private food club members who pay top dollar for the high-quality whole food. And now the federal government has to come in and decide what's right for you and punish people who are providing something that there is a demand for, something that's healthy, not like the garbage that they're feeding us. Most of the garbage at the store is just that. Uh, this this battle for Americanism just continues on. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break. There's tons more that I could cover here, but I wanted to hit on those stories. I want to take the time, make sure we have enough time to uh, cover T-Rex in segments two and three, and of course, codename segment four. Lady Liberty will be joining us at the uh, in the last segment. But I want to uh, get you guys prepared for T-Rex, especially, well, this is going to be just uh, business as usual for those of you who have participated in previous year's uh, T-Rex training exercises. But if you're new, then uh, this will be a great primer for you. And this will also be posted up on the website. This is the Voice of the American Redoubt. We'll be back right after this. Stay right there. Welcome back. This is segment two of Radio Free Redoubt, episode 22-31. Segment two is brought to you by Selkirk Mountain Real Estate, helping folks just like you get strategically relocated out of the occupied zones into the free zones. If you are looking at the northern part of the panhandle of Idaho, then that's where these guys specialize. Great folks have been uh, taking care of folks for a long time. SelkirkMountainRealEstate.com is the website. Now, we are at AMCON 4 right now, real world. Uh, AMRON is the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network. It's nationwide now and has been for years, since year two, year three. Uh, It's about 11 years old, and it is nationwide. And since the first year, we started doing uh, Teotihuacan readiness exercises. Teotihuacan, of course, is the end of the world as we know it. Some type of catastrophic event that that changes our daily lives um, 
essentially permanently some major catastrophic event. So we take a worst case scenario, train to that, then anything that's not a worst case scenario just makes it easy, right? <clears throat> so uh, we're at Amcon 4, and we're going to start uh, increasing that in about a week for the training exercise that will be built on the scenario that I'm going to talk about here in just a little bit. Uh, it's a Patriot-oriented radio operator network that trains and prepares and operates in uh, emergencies, natural disasters, and uh, prepares for civil defense communications as well. And of course, ever since, well, the last few years, things have been uh, pretty wild. But especially with the ramp up of China and then the invasion of Russia and <clears throat> all the NATO countries saying, we're not going to allow it. We're, we're all going to join together. We're going to defend Ukraine. Well, we see that they, they actually didn't. Um, it was a lot of uh, talk, but things got, things got pretty spooky there at the beginning of this year. Uh, when Russia actually went into Ukraine and they started mobilizing NATO troops into the area. So the, the potential there for spillover was just immense. So we were at AMCON 2 at that point because we fully expect, as is China and Russia doctrine, to augment kinetic military action with cyber attacks. So that's what this scenario is going to be built around. We've done it uh, several times, used a cyber attack as the, the impetus for, uh, for how we were training. So I put up a posting, and this will really help you a lot if you go back to the posting that was posted in uh, January of this year, 2022. And I'm going to relink to this in this posting that I'm going to put up for this week. And it is basically, you know, what do we do if we go grid down for real? So I'm going to, I'm going to repost that and talk about that here in just a little bit. But just this week, and because it's currently the highest probable real world scenario, which could thrust us into a grid down situation, meaning a power grid and telecommunications infrastructure disrupting event. This year's scenario will be focused on a major cyber attack ahead of a Taiwan invasion by China. Now, just this week, for those of you who follow the Forward Observer Intelligence Services, which many of you do, uh, or many of you get it secondhand by others who pass it along to you, uh, we almost always put a forward observer uh, article, a piece of information in the weekly Amron Intelligence Brief. This last week, this forward observer uh, daily situational awareness uh, mailing that went out came out after this last week's AIB, or it certainly would have been uh, put in this week's this last week's AIB. And this is what it reads. China preparing for major cyber attacks on the U.S. as part of a Taiwan reunification. Former Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Director Chris Krebs, which is a creep, he's the one that uh, right after the 2020 election 
said uh, he's head SISA guy, right? The cybersecurity infrastructure infrastructure security said, oh, there's there's no evidence of of uh, election fraud, which is pure bunk. But he is a cybersecurity expert, and on this, he's correct. He said last week that China is preparing to conduct major cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure and industry as part of its offensive military plans to force reunification of Taiwan with mainland China. Krebs said China is currently laying the groundwork for its planned attacks and that, quote, every single company out there should be conducting simulations, scenarios, impact assessments, tabletop exercises at the objective level around what's happening in the Taiwan Straits. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing tabletop exercises. We're doing scenario-based grid-down emergency communications exercises around this scenario because it has such a high probability of actually taking place. CNET.com also covered Krebs' statement, which came from a black hat presentation. It's a it's a big annual hacker and cybersecurity convention that takes place in Las Vegas every year. Um, he said every company needs to be thinking about how their security could be affected by a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. While he doesn't know if it will happen tomorrow or six months from now, Krebs said the that based on conversations he's had with national security officials, Chinese military action is all but inevitable, which I think most of us who have been following that situation would agree. So T-Rex 2022 will officially begin at 1900 hours Zulu time, that's noon Pacific, on Friday, September 9th. It will run until Sunday, uh, September 11th. How fitting, right? So this Wednesday, look for a posting. Let me pull that up just to make sure. Uh, this Wednesday is uh, August 31st. August 31st, Wednesday. Be looking for a posting and also a banner, a T-Rex banner on the right side of the page at amron.com. We'll place a banner at radiofreeredoubt.com as well that will link you to the T-Rex training exercise page. So during the week of September 5th, next week, leading up to the exercise, training exercise notifications will be sent out by posting on the T-Rex 2022 page that will be linked to from those banners that I just described, as well as notifications being put out each time we update something, and that will be uh, updated via the Amron mobile team app, the Amron core, Znet, and the Amron telegram channel, and of course the website. These notifications will be training exercise news stories to enhance the scenario as T-Rex approaches. Many of these T-Rex news updates may seem realistic and even be remarkably close to real-world news stories. But all T-Rex traffic will be preceded and ended with the notification exercise, exercise. That will be at the beginning and at the end of all of our traffic that goes out over the air because someone who is surfing the bands and stumbles across our uh, a training situation report might not understand that this is a training exercise. 
And so uh, that will be included in all that. This includes any traffic generated by any of the participants. Even if it's in your local and regional nets, you create your own traffic to help enhance your training experience locally. You're encouraged to add smaller scenarios relating to your neighborhood or your community or your area, which parallels the developments during the larger nationwide Amron exercise, because there's no way we could possibly write all of these smaller little micro scenarios for every place that a uh, Amron operator might live, where you assess something that could, maybe you have a chemical plant nearby, maybe you have a nuclear power facility, maybe you have a, a bridge that's, you know, aging, and it could be susceptible to some, an explosion nearby or something, you know, who knows, you know, your area best and with your groups and uh, your mutual assistance groups where you have communications networks, you're encouraged to develop little smaller scenarios that could give you tasks, um, you know, that go along with the T-Rex exercises. You begin getting situation reports coming in about the larger picture and what's going on. So, uh, while there's a lot that's been going on behind the scenes, and it's a complex process of scenario and micro-scenario building with coordinating taking place between many parties, uh, for the majority of the participants, it's a fairly straightforward exercise. And this is it. Simulate a grid-down environment where you have no commercial power or conventional communications to include cell phones or data internet, landlines, or satellite communications. All of those infrastructures are expected to be targeted by foreign entities to remove command and control from an American political or military response to foreign aggression. So it's simple. Unplug. Now, some of you are like, I've got three freezers full of meat. I, you know, I've got a generator and storage just for powering them. And Well, maybe you should test it out. Maybe you're in a situation where that's not practical. Uh, your your spouse is cramming for, I don't know, final exams or, or something. They need the internet. Okay, fine. You know, isolate, <clears throat> isolate something where real world going on, but isolate as much as you can so that you can be testing out your solar, your generators, your off-grid stuff, um, water, food, cooking off-grid. Now, most of you are going to be just focused and immersed completely with communications, and that's fine too, uh, because, well, this is a communications exercise. So that's probably where a lot of your focus is going to be. But as much as you can, especially if you're in a group setting, you'll benefit by simulating as much as you can a total grid down situation and be sharing information as it comes in with your group and your local community. Uh, we do have initiating stations who will be issued this week, they'll be issued preloaded traffic. So uh, they will inject traffic into the scenario. This is official Amron traffic. It's numbered and tracked so that we can assess the effectiveness and the reach of our nets and how well information is getting out and getting disseminated. So uh, that will take priority and precedence over all other traffic unless there's real world emergency traffic. 
So uh, anyway, in, in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about what to do. What can you expect in a grid down situation? And it came, comes from a great uh, piece of guidance that was put out earlier this year when it looked like Russia was going to possibly not stop at Ukraine or NATO was going to directly intervene and escalate uh, the war. And uh, we find ourselves in a situation where we're um, dealing with massive cyber attacks uh, here in the United States. Uh, it was some guidance to basically say, what do we do if we go grid down here at home? Uh, what can we expect? What should we do? So I'm going to go over that uh, guidance in segment three. This is Radio Free Redoubt. Uh, we're talking about T-Rex and preparing for that and what you can expect. We'll be back right after these messages. Stay right there. We're back with segment three of the Voice of the American Redoubt. Segment three is brought to you by U.S. Law Shield. If you guys don't have some type of self-defense insurance, you're, you can't afford not to have it. Uh, we personally know three people now in our own personal lives, in our circle, that uh, where they had to produce a firearm to deter an attacker. And sure enough, the attacker calls the police, pretends to be a victim. The police show up. Now, uh, these people, not now, these are past. And like the, the most recent one happened a, you know, a year ago. But uh, they were arrested. They were charged with uh, uh, assault, threatening, brandishing, and it cost them thousands and thousands of dollars to prove their innocence. And uh, you don't have to do that if you have U.S. Law Shield. It's a full, there's no deductibles and there's no limits. If you have to defend yourself and you're facing civil or criminal uh, legal fallout from that, uh, it's just $11 a month for our listeners and for Amron members. You click on that U.S. Law Shield banner, and if you sign up for your, your first year, you get 14 months. You pay for 12, you get two months free, and it's just $11 a month with lawyers in all 50 states, including Washington State, uh, which actually has banned self-defense insurance, uh, ex be, except U.S. Law Shield because they are an actual bona fide insurance company. So, uh, yeah, just a great great service. So uh, click on the banner, the U.S. Law Shield banner at RadioFreeRedoubt.com on the right-hand side, and that will ensure you get that affiliate discounted rate. Okay, uh, in segment three here, I want to continue helping prepare you for T-Rex 2022. And I want to go back to this article that was posted in February, February 25th at Amron.com. You could just go to Amron and uh, just type in the search box, Russia, NATO, if we go grid down. Just type in Russia, NATO, uh, you'll, it'll pop up in the search there. But at that time, we were at Amcon 2. There was a heightened risk of cyber attacks against critical infrastructure in Western nations due to the escalating war in Europe. So 
If the escalation had continued, we could count on large-scale cyber attacks targeting, at minimum, infrastructures that include telecommunications, internet, transportation, navigation, commerce, including satellites. China and Russia both have weapons specifically designed as counter-satellite weaponry. Uh, cyber attack weapons and then kinetic weapons as well. So, what, what can you expect? We're not talking EMP. It's possible, but much less likely than cyber attacks. Uh, when you set off an EMP, that's a nuclear weapon. And in the international community, there it just really complicates things much more. It's so much easier, and they can do the same damage with cyber attacks, and they actually make it look like somebody else did it. So like, well, it wasn't us. What are you talking about? What? They can just deny, deny, deny. And so cyber attacks can be very precisely targeted. Just because the grid's down where you are doesn't mean it is for other states or whole regions. Amron operators are on the air all the time during what is called the persistent presence net. Look that up. Go to amron.com and type in persistence, present, persistent presence net. It's also in your signals operating instructions. Hopefully you have your SOI. So for most Amron operators, the grid down is mostly a business as usual ordeal in terms of radio operations and finding others on the air. This is a great way to request the latest information from others who may have traffic, such as sit reps, intelligence briefs, etc. Uh, and the persistent presence net exists for the purpose of increasing the chances of reaching someone if you need help or you need to pass traffic through the net to a destination. That's called directed traffic. Let's say if you want to send welfare traffic uh, to, you know, halfway across the United States, you can help free up the scheduled nets and use the persistent presence net to reach out to others and say, is there anybody in Oklahoma? I've, I've got a family member there I'm trying to locate. Then somebody comes up and says, yeah, I'm in Oklahoma. You know, what do you got? then you can coordinate with them on the persistent presence net. But uh, uh, fourth, what do we do if war breaks out? We don't do anything different than what we do every day already, is the answer. We make contact with other operators. We find out who's out there, and we determine what quality of a path we have with them. And we do that using JS8 call and FSQ call. Those are superb digital mode tools for this. We stay informed by getting information from the net if there's any new news. Third, we report information that might be of significant importance to others. Fourth, we stand by ready to relay traffic from one point to another if it's needed, if assistance is needed. And five, we are ready to serve. If requests for handling traffic or running a net is announced, we step up. So, during T-Rex, you're simulating a grid-down emergency situation. And there's a segment, a section in the SOI titled, In Case of Emergency, or ICE. Specifically, if you suddenly find yourself in a grid-down situation that you strongly suspect is related to a cyber attack, then, first of all, and this is what you should be doing that Friday, the 9th, number one, assess. Do you have commercial power? Do you have cell phone service? Do you have data? Do you have internet? Do you, does your landline work? 
Are your roads passable? Maybe you're going to drive down to the local market, a little stop, uh, stop and shop. And, uh, do they have power? Are they without power? You start talking to people. Yeah. My cell phone, my cell phone doesn't work either. Does yours? No, mine doesn't either. Then you're like, okay, this is something, uh, probably bigger, uh, than just uh, our local community, right? Turn on your VHF, UHF radios, tune into your local Amron net. If you have one, if not, Turn on your scanner, your scanner or your handheld and monitor local ham repeaters, your local emergency service, airports, NOAA, etc. to start gathering information. Now, they're not going to be putting that information out because this is an Amron training exercise, but you're going to simulate that others on your local ham, ham radio repeaters or emergency services and so on are reporting widespread outages of all communications and power. Then what you're going to do is you're going to create an abbreviated stat rep that's in your SOI. There are also white papers on how to fill out a stat rep at Amron.com. So have that prepped and ready to go, ready for nets that will be coming up. If you have transmit capabilities, if not, well then share locally and be prepared to share regionally or statewide. If you are HF capable, refer number four, Refer to your signal's operating instructions. Tune in to the next scheduled net. And if there's not a scheduled net right away, then tune in to the Amron Persistent Presence net on the HF bands. The digital mode software is used on HF bands, such as FL Digi and JS8 Call and FSQ Call primarily. And if that's new to you, you have plenty of time to download the free software if you go to amron.com. Go to the search box and type in digital or digital modes. And there are a ton of tutorials and step-by-step guides to walk you through getting it downloaded, getting it set up, and even practicing with audio files that are embedded in those postings, some of those postings, for you to practice using it. Even if you're not equipped or experienced in transmitting over the HF bands, you can still tune in and receive information even if you're not licensed, you don't have to be licensed to receive ham radio communications. You don't have to be licensed to use the ham radio software to decode information that ham operators are sending out over the airwaves. It's there in the air. All you have to do is grab it. And if you have this free software, you can grab it. Then at least if you can't transmit, you're at least informed. Now, there's an all, another article that was put up at amron.com on January 13th. And it's titled how to receive net traffic and the net word of the week. If you're not an HF station. So just type in how to receive net traffic in the search box. And that article will come up. I will also link it in the highlights and resources posting for this show. When the nets come up, when the, when the scheduled nets come up, do more listening than transmitting. Avoid adding to the unnecessary congestion on the air if you don't have any significant traffic to pass. In the event of a cyber or other attack on critical infrastructure resulting in loss of internet, cell, data, phone, etc., assume that we are at AMCON 1. Don't wait to be told. Third, For stations with adequate backup power, we encourage as many as possible to maintain a presence on the persistent presence net. 
we have that available for those who do have adequate backup battery power or generator power with adequate fuel supply. We also understand that over time, more and more stations will be dropping off because they're going to be outrunning their solar panel battery backup system, or they're going to be getting low on fuel or have to start rationing their fuel for their generators. So you're not going to be able to sit there and park on the persistent presence net every day, day in and day out. We understand that. That's why we have scheduled nets. Expect those scheduled nets to change, especially over time, the further we get into a prolonged uh, activation, we might just be down to one net a day just so everybody can conserve power and fuel and we can put out just critical information during that, maybe that one national net a day and maybe a regional net each day. And be flexible. We will adjust the next net schedule based on the situation. So keeping one regional net per day will help direct stations to a common time, frequency, and mode for those managing your backup power resources. Be sure to maintain a local presence on your VHF and UHF frequencies and don't neglect the CH3 stations. Share what you know with your non-licensed neighbors on Channel 3, MERS, FRS, and CB radios. And great job for the many, many of you who are uh, running regular CH3 nets in your neighborhoods. Also for our Black Echo radio broadcast uh, broadcasters, you'll be on the air. And uh, don't forget, if you're new at Black Echo Broadcasting, we do have a series of audio files that you can put in your playlist to play for that announce this is a training exercise, uh, this is a Black Echo Broadcasting Station, um, you know, tune in regularly, uh, some things to, some audio files to throw in there, kind of like bumpers and public service announcements. If an NCS is running a net, follow instructions and allow for priority or higher traffic. Emergency or priority traffic has the right of way. So, what to expect on the air? Expect to be uh, to send an abbreviated stat rep at, at least when NCS asks for it. During T-Rex, net control stations will be asking for abbreviated status reports. Have those prepared ahead of time. And you should be doing this locally as well for your lo local nets. <clears throat> Expect to receive an IES. That's an initial event summary. We just did an impromptu uh, alert exercise here in the last uh, week and a half where we put on an unannounced alert. Everybody who's available takes to the air. And in that exercise, we didn't take check-ins. We didn't take abbreviated stat reps. That was simply for our net control stations to practice putting together an initial event summary and getting that out to their nets and then widely disseminating that as widely as possible from the SIG sends, one on each coast, to all of our net control stations. And an initial event summary basically is a summary of everything we know at that time at the initial onset of a major grid-down catastrophic situation. Because people will be taken to the nets they'll be firing up the radios and they haven't been practicing for six months uh but but now it's a real world emergency they're going to run to the radios and turn it on and they're going to say what's going on well they expect net control operators to have all the answers and they may not 
But that initial event summary is for them to share what they do know. And they will be gathering information leading up to that scheduled net. So they should have something compiled to let you know everything that they do at that time. From that point, uh, they will be adding to that. So sub subsequent nets that will happen later in the day or the next day or the next or the next week, the information will be uh, updated as it's available to our net control station operators and our SIG sends and to Amron in general. You can expect SIT reps and other additional details and subsequent nets as the NCS and others are able to collect information. Now in this scenario, we have preloaded traffic that will be put out by initiating stations. The volunteers have already stepped up uh, and that will be the situation reports that will be generated and put out over the net, the net passed on to the net control stations and then forwarded on if, if relevant to the, the uh, signal centers, the two SIG sends, um, one on each coast who will be compiling all of these and producing uh, intelligence summaries to put out to the whole net so everybody can stay informed on kind of what the big picture is going on. Don't expect regular check-ins like you would normally see during practice nets. It's not about checking in just for the sake of checking in. When we do practice nets, we want everybody to have that opportunity to test out their gear, to make sure their antenna's working, their transmitter's working, everything's working as it should. In a real-world emergency, the focus is not just letting everybody see if their gear is working. Um, you should be able to do that prior to a net on the persistent presence net. Uh, just make sure everything's systems go, right? During a net, it's really focused on passing traffic. Do we have traffic? You want to clear the net to make sure anybody with important information to pass gets passed and doesn't uh, get uh, interfered with by people just wanting to check in just to put out their call sign. So uh, NCSs may ask for check-ins from tier four and higher stations. Uh, in other words, maybe another NCS in an adjacent region. He's gonna be starting his net in a half an hour. He wants to know if there's any traffic for, you know, that needs to be passed along to his net. Uh, an NCS may ask for check-ins from those uh, tier four or higher stations. And then, uh, then if there aren't any, or maybe if there is, then the NCS will pass along any priority traffic or traffic that's, that's pertinent to that net control and his net. So, uh, when you do pass directed traffic, coordinate with other stations to move off frequency a couple kilohertz to free up the net. Our NCSs should be directing people to do this. So, if you just want to, uh, let's say you want to pass along uh, welfare traffic, you want to check on grandma in Nebraska because she's living by herself. And uh, this guy comes back and says, you know, net control says, is there any Nebraska stations? This guy comes back. Yeah, I'm in Nebraska. Great. So the guy in Northern California and the guy in Nebraska, can you move up two kilohertz and pass that welfare traffic? Sure, roger that, 73 QSY. They move up a couple kilohertz and they exchange their traffic and they free up the net with stuff that doesn't pertain to everyone else. Now let's talk quickly about or expand a little bit more on wide distribution traffic versus directed traffic. Directed traffic would be like the example, North 
California, Northern California to Nebraska, right? That's, I need to get a hold of this station here. I need to send this piece of information to that party over there. Um, NCS may take the traffic and say, yeah, I'll pass it along uh, after the net. Uh, maybe you need to get it from a piece of traffic from Idaho to Florida. That's a long haul. You're not likely very often going to find a Florida station and an Idaho station on the same net where they have a good path with each other. So net control uh, might be able to take that traffic and hold it until after the net and then forward it on to others that can then relay it to get it to Florida from Idaho. Um, and then like in the last example, he may query other stations. If you're in Northern California and you want to check on grandma in Nebraska uh, yeah, I have welfare traffic. I have a welfare traffic request for um, any station in Nebraska. The net control says, do we have any stations in Nebraska uh, or a nearby state? Uh, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in Colorado. Great. We can get that to that Colorado station. And then he can, after the net, he can work on trying to find stations in Nebraska or, you know, try to move that, that directed traffic closer to its intended destination. Wide distribution traffic uh, means it's not just for one party. This is for everyone out there. But who's everyone? Because wide distribution traffic could mean Amron wide. Everybody in Amron needs to get this. Maybe it's an Amron intelligence brief. It's a nationwide summary. It's uh, that's something for wide distribution for all Amron operators. Wide distribution might be wide distribution for this specific region. Or wide distribution for everybody in this county. So you want to specify wide distribution traffic. You know, who's this to? You could say Amron, Clark County, Clark and surrounding counties, right? So Amron wide, that would be your AIB, your national situation report, uh, sit reps, which could have a larger scope effect, like uh, foreign troops arriving in coastal cities. I think it, pretty much everybody needs to know about that. Even if you don't have foreign troops in your city, if you have foreign troops in your country, everybody in the country needs to know about that. And uh, and also, <clears throat> I mean, we could learn that that's happening on you know multiple locations. So we want to definitely share that kind of information. Amron wide, like na nationally, region wide might be. A nuclear power plant failure, a dam breach, uh, large storm systems, a massive uh, ice and snowstorm coming into the region. That so, and a massive ice and snowstorm hitting the Washington Oregon coast is going to affect everybody in the Pacific Northwest. But it doesn't necessarily mean Louisiana and New York and North Carolina really need to have that traffic sent to them priority right? So this would be region-wide. So you'd address it to Amron Western, and then everybody in the Western United States would get that. Uh, maybe it's county-wide or local. Uh, let's say your sheriff's department is announcing curfews. Okay, that's something that affects you, your county, maybe your surrounding counties. Uh, local churches coordinating emergency food kitchens. Red Cross shelter locations, uh, the National Guard setting up a field hospital uh, at your county fairgrounds. 
Once again, uh, the guy in uh, Eastern Oregon uh, might want to get that to everybody in in his county and maybe even surrounding counties, but that's not something really that they need to know in Minnesota. So think about how you direct your traffic for wide distribution, how wide, nationwide or regionwide or countywide, and use common sense when you're putting your traffic together. Then a quick note, and we'll take a break here. Uh, Think about your traffic precedence. We have traffic, uh, oftentimes we leave this up to the operators, but use common sense. We've had people put priority traffic on things that really weren't uh, truly priority. So routine traffic means it's not time sensitive. Okay, the... uh, the National Guard coming in to set up a field hospital, uh, you know, tomorrow, and they're going to be set up here for the next month. Uh, that's that's routine traffic. Okay, now if they're showing up to bring bottled water and they're going to be here for an hour, offloading trucks and it's first come first serve, that's priority. That's time sensitive. So routine is not time sensitive and not related to immediate danger to public or individuals. Priority traffic is time sensitive or it could be uh, could result in increased danger to public or individuals. And then immediate or emergency traffic is life or death. And you know these are outlined in your signals operating instructions as well. So, Become familiar with that. That's on page 59 of the current SOI. Once again, routine is non-emergency information, news reports, health and welfare, administrative, logistical, coordination, etc., where it's not time sensitive. Uh, Priority traffic is non-emergency, but very important and or time sensitive. And immediate or emergency traffic Uh, If you're talking to other hams, emergency traffic is when you have a danger of loss of life or limb, it's either occurring or is imminent handle without delay. And that's it. So uh, anyway, more this week, be checking Amron.com for updates and those postings. We'll come back with Lady Liberty right after this. And uh, you've got plenty to chew on for now. Stay right there. Welcome back, Patriots. This is segment four of Radio Free Redoubt. And I got codename segment four here, Lady Liberty in the studio. How are you doing this evening, Lady Liberty? Well, excellent. How about you? I'm doing good because I didn't start off saying good morning like I usually do because we always <laughs> do the morning show. So, Well, excellent. Yeah. That means it's going to be a, 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 that much better of a show. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be stellar. It's an indicator. <laughs> right. Especially when add all of our uh, breaks and everything. For uh, our the podcast, I didn't put any of our music bumper breaks and everything uh, in for tonight's live podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just straight through. All right. All right. So, all right. Uh, I know you've been digging and researching, and well, and you know, it seems to be that it's it's actually hard to believe it, but uh, there's kind of a lull after this weekend for some reason. It's not a uh, well, I don't know. Maybe they just can't invent anything more horrifying to do over the weekend. Uh, typically, 
typically by Monday, there's so much crazy stuff going on that it makes you wonder how they even thought of it. But however, there is this one little bit of news here that is quite interesting. And this comes from America, American military news. And it's, it's this article titled, Former Philadelphia restaurant server ordered to pay $84 million for massacre of 600 civilians during Liberian Civil War. What? Yes, I know. That's that's it's such a such a bizarre title. A, a Philadelphia a, restaurant server. Yeah, server. Yeah, somebody that's just like your waiter is ends up being a man who is uh, he he goes his name is Moses Thomas. He's 68 years old. He was working at the now closed Southwest Philadelphia dining spot called Clades when he was first identified in 20 in a 2018 lawsuit as the military commander who led the 1990 slaughter at St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Monrovia. Oh. Yeah, okay. and this was an episode that the uh, United States State Department has identified as one of the worst single episodes of the gruesome multi-factioned ethnic conflict that left more than 200,000 civilians dead between yes. 1989 and 1997. Yep. And so how astonishing that that there he is. He he was how's wow. that how's that even possible that Well, you know, this is interesting during uh, we we've always had I don't know, expatriates, people leave the United States to go fight in foreign wars. And in fact, I think it was just uh, yesterday or over the weekend, they announced the fifth American to be killed in Ukraine fighting for Ukraine against the Russians. And huh. this guy was from Tennessee or Kentucky, one yeah. of the two. Uh, yeah, but there's there's uh, quite a few that have gone back there and, um, you know, took a took up the the banner that uh, you know biden tugged at their heartstrings and they right. said oh took we it have upon to themselves go. right, right. <clears throat> well so. it, it says here uh that uh u.s magistrate judge lynn sitarski wrote in her august 16th order that although no amount of damages will provide adequate redress for what the victims have suffered a substantial award could have some deterrent effect on future would-be human rights <clears throat> abusers and well yeah they're they're looking at having him pay 84 million dollars but um he's working in a restaurant as right. a waiter you know and so i i had before i read the details i was i was actually suspecting that maybe it was he was a muslim that you know i mean that it seems like they have all snuck across our border at right. at liberty, right? And however many people they have killed in the past is hard to say. There are quite a few different cases where where there are major Muslim soldiers, and it has you know several were caught with with pictures and files of them holding numerous people's heads that had been cut off, and you know, yeah. and and so. <laughs> It almost kind of makes you take a step back when you're you're thinking, well, yeah, because there's there's nobody that can check these people at the border, nobody to enforce immigration law to do any background checks. Right. Nobody knows who is who anymore, and just the fact that the border's wide open means 
who knows who's serving you your dinner that night, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if this can actually be a military commander from Liberia who's right. charged with 600 deaths. I wow. mean, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that that gives gives a, a person reason to pause. You know? No kidding. Sheesh, so, well, uh, a couple other things too that uh, have given me pause. Listen to this: two stories out of Poland. First of all, two major fertilizer uh, companies have just announced that they are shutting down because of high fuel prices in Poland. They are major fertilizer producers. And they are two of their plants shutting down now, but they said because of exorbitant high, uh, fuel prices wow. and the cost of producing it. But then also, Simon Rose from South Africa sent this to me as well. And he actually picked this up from Zero Hedge. Polish homeowners are lining up for days to buy coal ahead of winter. Several weeks ago, reported that amid Europe's mind blowing gas and electricity prices, which I covered in the news and commentary tonight. Deutsche Bank predicted that a growing number of German households will be using firewood for heating, a forecast which appears to have become self-fulfilling as German Google searches for firewood had since exploded off the charts. And of course, he's got an actual chart here for Google searches for firewood. Um, But in Poland, where coal is king, dozens are lining up at the Lubelski uh, Weigel Bogdanka coal mine, waiting for days and nights to stock up on heating fuel. Wow! And th- I mean, this is this is where this is not an isolated incident. This is this is on a global scale where these types of things are happening. Right, it's, and it's it, you can't just blame it all on Russia and sanctions and shutting off, you know. Well, especially when gas. it's not Russia's fault to begin with, you know. It's um, having read a, a report earlier today about Germany and all of their recent problems because of you know, um, while well, being dependent upon Russia, for example, it it just makes me think. Well, why didn't they try to stop Biden from instigating this whole thing with with Russia and Ukraine by, you know, causing Ukraine to want to join NATO. I mean, that's, they knew, they knew, Germany knew this ahead of time, yep. France knew this, all, yep. all of the EU nations knew this ahead of time, and they still let Biden go in there and, and basically poke the bear. They were know? the, they were also in on it too. They were the that's ones right. saying, we need all, NATO needs to unite. We have, we have to stop Russia. We have to rally around Ukraine and uh, put sanctions on them, and then they all went, oops. Uh, well, right. now, Canada, Australia, United States, they're all still full steam ahead, right? But the rest of your Germany was the first one to cool off on that, but they're, they're stuck with it now. Right. And, man, does, uh, Russia's got them bent over a barrel, which is also why they're working the deal with Israel to start pulling natural gas and, uh, you know, build that, finish that pipeline into Europe. Yep, that's right. So, um, you know, well, and Russia, like we said. And Russia is trying to keep ahead of, of the game in, in Israel because Israel could just skip Russia altogether and go, you know, skip the middleman and go straight to the countries that need the natural gas right. as mm-hmm. they've already got the, the, the pipeline more or less going straight out there across the ocean to, 
to the European nations. And so yeah. they could they could very easily just start supplying them pretty much, you know, uh, with with very little effort as as much as as they have said it's set up already. Right. And so quite interesting to see what's going to happen with this Syrian conflict actually because that was where that was where Israel agreed with Russia to let Russia handle the Syrian attack that you know that right. they were trying to thwart between <clears throat> don't attack um, them don't attack them directly yes, we'll handle yeah, them yeah yeah cuz right. Syria was was uh causing problems for Israel and Israel was getting ready to basically punch back and and Russia said no no let us let us handle it for you you know right. and so they were trying to intervene in a way that could make force Israel to be their ally Right. <laughs> you know, because they've got they've got bigger fish to fry in the future with all of their natural resources, and so just kind of interesting to watch that take take place, and especially with American soldiers being killed recently in Syria as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's like you've said before. If if we really want to keep our finger on the pulse of the world. It all goes by God, and so you have to keep your eye on Israel. Yes. And because that's, well, obviously we know God's going to protect Israel, and, and everything we know biblically, prophetically, it's all focused around what goes on with Israel. So, so you want to know what happens next? You better be watching Israel and their interaction with Iran and Syria. Yep. And, and so, yeah. Yeah, right now they're, they're just, uh, it's Iran that just finished three of four... Uh, missile silos. Yep. Uh, they probably already have the nuke now, and they're also working very closely with Russia. So when we talk about the Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine war with all of these nations specifically listed that will come against Israel, I mean it's it's coming, it's rushing up on us so yep. quickly. That's right. How how fast that alliance is forming? Russia, you know, Gog and Magog. Uh, Rosh and Tubal, which is you know Russia, right? Uh, Syria and uh, Iran, which is listed as Persia, uh, Turkey, Libya, and Ethiopia, which is today's Sudan, right? Are all going to, and they're all starting to collaborate together for various different reasons. So somehow, some way, prophecy says, God says, I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and pull you down to Israel. Yep. And where all of all of the all of their troops are going to be annihilated, um, all of Russia's troops, Syria, Iran, all of them that are involved are going to be annihilated. Oh, absolutely! And uh, yeah, because because the might of every nation and and king is nothing compared to God. Yeah, <laughs> God laughs. God just laughs. Oh, you, you silly little people! Yep. You, that's so that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he even says he mocks. He laughs yep. at them. Yep, yeah. that's right. Well, and and while all this stuff is going on, we've we watched the other nations fighting back. I mean, in in significant ways. We we've watched all the farmers really kick it into high gear. Oh yeah, and and fight back with whatever they had with tractors, farm equipment, uh, from from. Dumping things in front of Parliament on the highways, uh, blocking, blocking food markets with with huge tractor uh, convoys, basically on the highways, not yes. letting any cars go through. I've been very impressed with their their 
you know, their, their will to fight back and pushing back hard enough to bring things to a standstill. And with France being the last one that has done it most recently, it makes me wonder, I was thinking, well, surely there has to be something going on in the United States by now, right? Right. And, and so there is something that is, that came, was brought to my attention by, uh, Border Wars Arizona, uh, the the lady that is second in command with all of the veterans on patrol down there, yep. she sent me a, a link for something called the Great Global Unity Rally. And it, they're not, they're, they're only giving up a little bit of information right now, but apparently they've got 7.2 million followers around the United States so far with this plan that they have to have a rally in every state capital in the United States, as well as other small towns that want to participate. And so they've kind of got a, an interesting um, agenda where where they plan to do it peacefully and legally. But, but what got my attention is they want to start causing arrests to happen. Yeah. They want to start arresting the arresting and prosecuting the criminals in government. To that, I went, oh, yes, that's perfect. Absolutely. And so, and so anybody that wants to look into that, I'd really encourage you to do so. It's uh, You can just go to this website. It's called greatunityrally.com, all one word. And they also did a, a recent interview on blogtalkradio.com and the title of that was America's Defense Force from 2022 uh, August August 19th 2022 under the Great Unity Global Rally and so you can listen to that as well where they're describing what they want to do in in the rally that's going to happen the same day all around the nation where they're going to start demanding arrests for the criminals good and Good. so, so hooray! We actually might get to see some kind of coordinated effort happening, and uh, it, it's about time. Well, I, I think that could be a reality if these elections take place in November, uh, with the uh, the red wave that's coming, and you know, ninety five plus percent of the Trump endorsed Republicans. Oh, that's right. Have, have a ninety two percent. Ninety two percent. Yep. Um, defeated their their opponents in the primaries and we've got Kelly Lake, governor, uh, Arizona, DeSantis. Kerry Lake. Yeah. What did I say? Kelly Lake. Oh, right. <laughs> Kerry Lake. And it's close. And so this, yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool, but you know what they did with the 2020 elections, I mean, by all means necessary, keep Trump out. Uh, it's going to come back to bite them or, or what they've got planned up their sleeve. It could be something absolutely, uh, mind-numbing, you know, I mean, the desperate measures that they're willing to go to right. to prevent elections from taking place. I mean, what type of, uh, you know, what type of an, an event or series of events are they planning? You know, what well, are they going to stir up? And we and we can't ever cower or back down because of that threat, because that, is, that means they truly are the authority and they're not. They're criminals. They are a communist coup that needs to be backed down. Exactly. And, and so, you know, we, we can't even, can't even give, give them the time of day and worry about what they might do because we have to take the offensive at the, where we are at that point right now. We're on the edge where, where people are organized just well enough now that we can start taking the offensive and their response is no longer going to matter. 
because uh, everybody has had enough. And yep. and quite honestly, this nation is huge. I think all the smaller nations have been able to get their progress and and they're fighting back coordinated much faster because they're very small. They're, they're very condensed little nations. If you've ever been over to Germany, France, well, any yes, of those I places, have. those uh, their populations are, are very closely knit. They're very small countries comparatively to America. America is huge, which works both in our favor and to our disadvantage as far as like organi- organizing nationwide movements. Right. And so once you... Once you do have everybody on board, though, it typically takes three years for everybody to get on board. And then once they do that, wham, whatever they're going after is brought to a halt. And so um, for such a, a huge nation like ours, this is we're coming up on the third year, this, mm-hmm. this coming next year. So, so I'd have to say that uh, all the people are in place and, and there's enough organization now at this time that, oh, boy, they're going to be uh, they're going to be hating well, it next let's year. Hope so, yep. All right. Well, thank you for those updates and great discussion. Uh, Boy, we'll see what unfolds over the next couple of months. It's going to be uh, really interesting. We've got a very desperate adversary. So uh, we'll just, uh, hey, keep looking up. That's right. right. Hopefully we won't even be here. (laughs) Yeah. Let them them have their way and all those Christians just go away. That's right. And and pray that you be found worthy to not have to go through the tribulation. Amen for that. Just all of you keep that in mind. That's right. That's what God says. Yep. Okay. Guys, you have a blessed, safe rest of the week. Join us each morning at 7 a.m. for the morning commute. And uh, Lady Liberty and and I will be there every morning. And so uh, thank you guys for your support. And uh, we'll chat with you then. This is the voice of the American Redoubt. Good night. <laughs>